Well, hello and welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast, designed to give you the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our family ministry pastor and host for today, Carrie Jones. Well, welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Finding Our Way. And today I'm going to highlight a really great couple and their story. If you don't already know them, I'm super happy to introduce you to Dean and Sherry Dick. They're a part of our Southridge community. Um, the Glenridge location is home to them, and it's really great to have them on, on here with me today. So, Dean and Sherry, can you say hello to everyone listening? Good morning. Hi there. Awesome. Well, before we you know, dive into all the things, can you share a little bit um, with us about, about you, about your family, maybe like how long you've been married, your kids, careers, anything that you would love our listeners to know? Well, we've been married for 30 years this year, and um, wow, yeah, wow. <laughs> that's Time what flies. I do sometimes. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, 30 years, and, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, I'm a teacher, and Dean uh, is a branch manager for an HVAC wholesaler. We have three okay. grown children. Okay, three grown children, and any kids living at home with you? Yes, still. <laughs> <laughs> It might be a failure to launch situation, but no, no we're happy. To, no, no, we're happy to have her here. She's only she's only twenty one. I know. <laughs> she just talked okay. about staying here forever. So anyway, <laughs> she knows she's got it good. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, and um, yeah, anything else that would be great for our listeners to know? Any pets at home? Give us the scoops of what what's happening in your house right now during lockdown. Well, as we have. Two cats and a dog, and actually is very sad this week. Um, this past week, one of our cats passed away, and she was 16 years old. So that was a little bit of a emotional moment mm. for us this week. So <laughs> she was the oldest, uh, yeah. but um, I guess a circle of life. But yeah, the all the pets seem to be getting older, and of course, our the reason we have so many we had a <laughs> rabbits and four cats at one time. The kids just keep bringing them home and rescuing them, but. <laughs> And I'm just waiting for them, uh, Maddie, to uh, our youngest, to ask for another kitten. Now that she asks every day. Wow! Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, you're starting to get into it, but tell me a little bit about what life has been like for you during COVID, and especially during these these last weeks where we've been in a ex- pretty extreme lockdown. Well, I'll say for myself, uh, because my job is considered an essential service that. I'm, I feel fortunate that I get to have interaction with people, even though it's obviously social distance, mask wearing, and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with my customers and my coworkers, I still see them every, you know, every, every workday. Mm-hmm. I feel blessed, and I think that's helped me be maybe a little more uh, sane, <laughs> I guess, yeah. in these times. Whereas uh, Sherry, it's a little different. Yeah, so I'm a teacher, and I've been teaching from home, obviously, the last uh, several weeks, and that's certainly a change, but it keeps me busy, so I don't feel, even though I actually haven't left the house in a month, (laughs) 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 I'm very much a homebody, so it's no big deal to me, like, I don't even notice it, and actually, I'm kind of going for a record now not to leave the house until I actually have to go back to work, (laughs) but I'm fortunate that Dean can stop and fix stuff up for me, and, but yeah, just keeping with work has really, you know, made a difference. I'm not, like, twiddling my thumbs, wondering what to do around here, so, yeah, it's certainly not, um, it certainly hasn't been too quiet as far as that goes. Right. Yeah. And Sherry, you teach grade one, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, so I guess 
Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say they're they're quite interesting. And it's a different dynamic because normally you just have you and the kids in the classroom. And now you have yourself and the kids and the parents are all in the classroom, like whether they're sitting next to them or not, they're in the room. And so, you know, you've you've got more support from them, which is wonderful because they kind of know what's going on. And also they kind of see, you know, the, the daily struggles of somebody who's teaching, you know, 26 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I was just going to say like knowing that we would have, you know, um, our Southridge community and many parents who would be listening, like, is there any encouragement you would want to give to parents right now who are navigating all things online with their kids? It's just a crazy time for yeah. all of us, for parents, for educators, for kids. It certainly is. And I've been trying to reassure the parents, even of my own students that, you know, just do the best you can with what you've got. This, this isn't going to last and they'll Mm. catch up. Like kids are, kids are smart. And even the ones that I've, you know, start this year, my class, they, a lot of them came in behind in their reading because of last year, but Mm -hmm. they just accelerated so quickly because once they did get that instruction and the daily consistent practice, they just shot right up to where they were supposed to be. Mm, so yeah, so I think is don't worry about them falling behind and just, you know, just if they can't get online, provide those experiences for them where they can just do those rich activities at home, like maybe baking or just sitting down to read something together. Sure. Right. Oh, that's good. That's really, that's really helpful and encouraging. Um, and, and for both of you, you know, during these, these COVID days that are, are lasting longer than I think any of us thought. What's been bringing you joy? What's been sustaining you in these days? Uh, well, besides Netflix. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've reached the end of Netflix. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I would probably any, say. Any favorites when it comes to Netflix? <laughs> oh, what, uh, what was that? You know any what? favorites when it that's comes to like, Netflix? Oh, I can't believe how many people ask that question because everybody's wanting to know what you're watching and uh, because everybody's running out of stuff to watch. But I would say for for us too, um, the two kids that don't live here, uh, well, for the last month, it's been a little bit different because you can't really see them very often unless you're talking to them from the porch or whatever. Mm. But um, having the kids come over, and uh just have family specific family meals uh Mm -hmm. just is feels great almost feels like an extension of christmas if you will because you know everybody gets together and now it's been okay you can come over but you can't come over or whatever uh try to lessen it but that's for me anyway has been a real joy and uh i really look forward to that you know come over do your laundry and visit and have a meal Mm -hmm. or whatever (laughs) That's great. Beautiful. Anything you'd add to that, Sherry? Um, yeah. And I just, you know, I've, we've been trying to keep some of those um, traditional things that we do in place and not just as a family, but like me and my best friend, we would have coffee every week on Fridays after work. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, once COVID hit, we couldn't do that. So it just kind of became, well, let's do it over Zoom. And uh, and then we were like, well, why do we have to have coffee? So now it's become a wine time on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the traditions have changed and I don't know that we're going to go back to coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm even finding that with, with our family, you know, you need something to look forward to at the end of the week, whether it's like a special meal or, or something that is just like, 
yeah, yeah those little yeah. things that bring you joy are really important that's great that's true absolutely well, can you share um, with with our listeners, you know, a little bit about your background, um, maybe where you grew up, where the two of you met, just a bit of inside sure. kind of context. I think yeah, that'd we, be great. Yeah, we both uh, essentially grew up. Sherry was born in Windsor, and I was born in Niagara on the Lake. But Sherry moved here when she was five or six, so into St. Catharines, mm-hmm. uh, and I was raised here. So essentially, we both grew up in St. Catharines, and and um, we attended churches right around the corner our whole lives really didn't we met when we were I think, 18 Six. and 16 mm-hmm. i was 18 mm-hmm. she was 16 we met at a mm-hmm. friend's birthday party yeah and okay that was it he drove me home and ah! yeah he asked me on a date right yeah. then and there and yeah, yeah we we've been inseparable ever since yeah okay so hang on i gotta get this straight so you you're at a friend's birthday party yeah i actually Sherry? went there i went to this so this was a friend of mine who was also a girl. She was uh-huh. having a 16th birthday party. And um, I found out that Sherry was going to be there. Somebody mm-hmm. I'd only actually seen, never really talked to. And uh-huh. uh, I said, okay, well, I'm going to come. And I went. And I think it was just me and one other guy, a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all girls. And uh, but when you're six or when you're 18 years old, that's that's not a bad thing. No, no, that's perfect. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we, the rest is history. Actually, after I drove her home, we we went on our date soon after that. Uh, if anybody remembers who Larry Norman is, old, oh, Christian, I do. old Christian rocker, he came to town, and we, that was uh-huh. our first date. Yeah, <laughs> that was your first date. Wow. And we've been the together ever since. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. And um, how long have you and your family been a part of Southridge? How did you find your way to Southridge? Tell us about that. Well, it's actually kind of a roundabout story because we did grow up here. But then once we got married, we moved to Peterborough. Um, Dean was finishing uh, Bible school there. And so um, we raised our family there. All three of our children were born in Peterborough and lived there for about 12 years. And Dean was pastoring um, at a couple different churches over our time there in Peterborough. And then okay. one day we were we were listening to a missionary from uh, he was, you know, part of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, which we were a part of at that time. Um, uh-huh. And uh, he was putting a call out for people to come and uh, help with the work in Indonesia. And uh-huh. as we were driving out of the parking lot. We both kind of looked at each, at each other and said, wouldn't that be uh, interesting to, you know, make a life change? And, you know, mm-hmm. and we just decided that we were going to go back and talk to him just to see what what that might look like. And then one thing led to another. And about a year or so later, we were living in Indonesia. Yeah, you were with your kids. Yeah. Yes. So they were all uh, so we sold our house and we basically resigned our jobs and uh, we packed everything up and moved there and it's it was a very remote part it was the furthest eastern island uh the island of uh erie and jaya was what it used to be called um if anybody remembers there was a a missionary um that wrote a book called the peace child and that took place Mm. i believe in the 50s right on that island but um i would say that um you know, that was a time in our life, which was, we learned a ton. It was a very mm. trying time. We were supposed to be there for four years, 
but there was a lot of things that changed um, between the time that we went there for an exploratory trip. Sherry and I were there for three weeks on our own a year mm -hmm. before, and then the time that we actually landed, there was a lot of things that had changed, and we made a decision after six months that it would be best for our family to to move back to Canada. When we moved mm -hmm. back, though, we didn't really have anywhere to go except to stay with my parents, which was great. Sure. Um, and I was able to get a job uh, fairly quickly, which was a blessing. Um, and, but we were back in St. Catharines again. And mm. so some friends of ours, good friends, we went to Southridge with them one day. We didn't even know this, but it turned out that it was Southridge's um, grand opening service. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, we didn't find that out till later. And anyway, I had, because I had been in the church and had been in uh, ministry and I really uh -huh. saw things um that i saw southridge as being very to use rick warren's term purpose driven and very mm. intentional and in everything that they did from you know everything from how they took up the offering to their worship to how they greeted you at the door to the, of course the actual the message it was mm. just uh, a place that we felt immediately at home and ever since that first service we've never went anywhere else mm -hmm. that was uh, well, 16 years ago, I guess now. Mm -hmm. And we had been to a few other churches in the meantime when we came back to St. Catharines. And um, Southridge was the first place where, you know, somebody actually, because in a big church, it's easy to have new people come in and leave without anybody talking to them because you don't sure. necessarily know who's new and who's not. You don't want to go up and offend somebody and say, oh, hey, I haven't seen you before. And they're like, well, I've been here for two years. So yes. a lot of times we hesitate to greet people that we don't know at church. And we found that as new people ourselves in a church that that was our experience. But when we came to Southridge, there was definitely people, the first service, who um, talked to us, wanted to get to know us, find out who we were, where we were from. And so immediately we felt like, you know, we were being noticed. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. So I'm just I'm just trying to picture that. So that was the, the very first service, I guess, we had in the gym at yeah. Glenridge, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. And I'm, wow. not even sure, I'm not even sure if it was the first service in the gym or if it was, I think they might've had some services before and they had like a soft opening. And oh, then, sure. You're right. This was the celebration. Yeah. yeah. And this was like the main, yeah. Well, our daughter sure. last night, we were talking with her about this and she said, wow. She said, I remember that. She And she said, things were so different then. Like we used those, and this was her term. She said, you know, those, what are those clear things you put up and then you can see the words? So I said, oh yeah, overhead <laughs> transparencies. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that's good. Oh, I love that. Um, well, let's switch gears. I want to talk with you about marriage ministry. Um, how did you come to be involved in marriage ministry at Southridge and and specifically with Before Forever? Well, at the time, um, I, I don't, this is a good question because I was trying to rack my mind how it happened. And I really can't remember specifically. I know that I was... Um, that we were talking with Ben Lockyer at the time and Joan Hyatt and some others and just talking about marriage. And I had recently transferred my credentials from the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada into the, uh, the Mennonite Brethren Conference. And I had mm -hmm. been doing a wedding here and there. So I think that's how I got involved in kind of into the marriage ministry. I wasn't really looking to do this, but I was just kind of became part of a team 
and mm-hmm. uh, not to give too much away about bef- how it started, but essentially when we began, it was a totally different format than um, than what we have been doing for most of it. And it was essentially, okay. we, we would have one person would talk on one subject, another person would talk on another subject that was relevant to um, couples considering marriage. And, uh-huh. you know, a third person would speak on another subject. And that's kind of how we did it until we realized that we were, um, it was it was taking a lot of time and a lot of resources to do it that way. Mm. Okay. And that was how long ago? That was 15 years ago. So I think we ran our first ago. one about 15 years ago. Yeah. And I remember actually sitting, um, I think it was at a Wimpy's Diner in Niagara Falls with Ben, <laughs> ben with Ben and Joan. And mm-hmm. um, I think it was probably Ben that came up with the name, but I can't remember mm-hmm. that for hundred percent, but we just thought that's a great name. And that's what we'll call whatever we do, whatever kind of curriculum we you know come up with or, or use, we'll call the Southridge version of it before forever. And mm-hmm. that name stuck and it's been the name ever since. I love it. So really, you've been instrumental in the co-creation of this experience for young couples as they're getting ready to get married. Well, I don't know if you say instrumental, but I would say we've just been involved and, and loving it since the beginning. We were actually talking last night when we we're, you know, thinking about this, that we've been doing this for half our married lives now. So it's definitely been a part of us and yeah. our story and our marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, can you share for for people that are, you know, just learning about Before Forever, maybe this is a a brand new um, idea for them. Like uh, what what does the program entail and why is it so important? Well, basically what it is, is uh, it's a a pre-marriage program, workshop, event, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, kind of uh, exposes couples that are either seriously dating or engaged already to be married uh, to some things that maybe they haven't already uh, talked about in their relationship and uh, things like communication, uh, conflict management, family background. Uh, yeah. Family background, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't think of, um, you know, shared goals and values and and it's definitely a time for them to talk with just each other. A lot of couples might be hesitant before they come that they're going to have to share things with other people. But it's really just a time for the two of you as a couple to sit and have these intentional conversations. And we try and keep it as private as possible. And nobody needs to share anything with anyone else that they don't want to. That's right. And right. They're gui- right. It's, very, it's very guided. So um, essentially, we facilitate it and facilitating it, if I can give you a broad picture is we we have a nice meal with couples uh we we kind of get to know them on that level um and then we press play on a dvd (laughs) and uh you know and then we press pause and we press play and um so facilitating it we're just there to to do those things to make the atmosphere uh really welcoming to make the atmosphere kind of uh romantic if you will uh, for the couples and just to be able to, for them to be able to do this on their own. And, you know, it's not a lot of work. I mean, it's work, but it's not a lot of, um, effort because we, we do this over and over again, like 
can't remember how many times now, but three times a year. <laughs> right, a couple times a year, times 15 <laughs> years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's important because um, like looking back at our marriage and how, you know, what we started, we were so young when we got married. I was 21 and Dean was 23. And um, yeah, I wish we had something like this when we got married. We did do a pre-marriage uh, thing at our church, but it was mostly listening uh, on a few Sundays to somebody talk to a bunch of couples. Mm. And honestly, mm. I don't remember anything about what was said or any takeaways from it other than I think I was bored. So mm. um, this is just a really important opportunity for couples to sit down and have those intentional conversations with each other and lay out expectations, which I think can be, you know, the biggest struggle in a marriage is you come with ideas of what you're expecting you're going to do and what your partner is going to do for you. And they may have different expectations. So mm-hmm. it really gives a chance for those to be laid out and for couples to come to some kind of understanding as to, oh, this is why my um, my future partner reacts this way because, you know, because yeah. it goes into personalities and things like that as well. Sure. Right. Because when you're in those, um, you know, when you're engaged and excited about getting married and planning a wedding, you're not necessarily thinking of all of those hard conversations or areas that you might struggle down the road. So to have somebody guide you through those conversations is is super important. Uh, yeah, and it's so simple. And I think if I could put mm-hmm. myself in the couple's shoes, when they're doing it, you know, to have, to watch a video uh, and a very well done video at, at that, mm-hmm. and then to... Um, you know, to have five or 10 minutes to be able to debrief with questions that are already on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And it kind of forces you to ask those tough questions or to answer those tough questions with one another. And um, really, you know, maybe some of them are a little bit uncomfortable, but then you realize once once you get into it, it's really not that bad at all. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, so many couples over the years have shared with us how you know, how beneficial it's been. And it sets the stage for making it a priority to have that time to just sit down and talk with each other and being open and vulnerable with each other. Right, right. Oh, that's so good. I mean, what I love about this is we always say around Southridge that um, we're more interested in investing in your marriage than actually in your wedding date. Absolutely. Um, You know, because often um, when you're planning, uh, when you're getting married and, and planning your wedding, you can get so consumed with or sidetracked with like all of the details around the wedding. And it's like, actually, no, 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 let's back up. It's really about let's invest in, let's have those conversations and let's prepare you for a strong marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Um, if I can just say, I mean, we talk about that actually at the very beginning of every before forever um, weekend, we talk about the fact that some of the couples may decide after the weekend uh, mm -hmm. to, to break up. And yeah. it's, not, it's not our intention, but, um, you know, our intention is to, to really, like you just said, to invest in their, in their future marriage and to get them to, uh, really kind of ask those questions and have that communication and get things out in the open now. And sometimes couples decide that based on that, that, you know, they're not going to continue. It doesn't happen often, but a few times through the years, it's definitely been the case. So we, we look at that as uh, as actually a healthy thing because they've decided to go their own separate mm-hmm. ways, much better than you know, you know, prolonging the engagement and the getting married and possibly. Sure. Divorced. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. 
So, okay. So for the before forever experience, so I can't remember if we've mentioned this or not, but we use the alpha curriculum, which is fantastic. And I think it was just last year. It's all been actually revamped and redone. And so it's, it's um, very, very good. And how long have you been using the alpha material for? Because I know in the early days you were creating your own content. When did it kind of it's, um, evolve? Actually, um, we shifted fairly early. So I would say, um, you know, the first year or so we did our own thing, but it wasn't that long mm-hmm. after we realized, hey, there's this alpha curriculum. It was produced in 2004, the first time. Sure. And, and so I think around 2006 or so we started using it. And uh, it was the same until last year like you just mentioned and you know you get to really because of the way they do it they work with um nikki and sila lee are the are the kind of the the people that wrote the book and and present the curriculum but they also work with what they call couch couples so other couples Mm. that they interview or that they talk to throughout the whole series and you really get to know these couples quite well, over, especially for us over the 15 years. <laughs> right. You know, we were I, always. I uh, felt like we, you know, when they switched to the new curriculum, which is wonderful, not, and it's not even new content necessarily. It is the same content presented in a new and fresh way with new people. Um, right. But when they switched to the new one, I, I miss the old couples. Like, I feel like <laughs> we've weird. lost some friends now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so after after the weekend, so they spend this Friday night together and then all day Saturday, and then what's next? What's the next step for them? Because that's I want to okay. share that with those listings. That's yeah, a really important yeah. step too. So mm-hmm. the next step is uh, if they are dis- decide to continue, or if they're engaged and they decide to get married, um, they would then um, take a, a online assessment with a company or with an organization rather called Prepare and Rich, and mm-hmm. essentially what it is is just a, a tool to show couples, I guess, not, they don't really talk about them in terms of strengths and weaknesses. They use terms like growth areas and right. or, or potential growth areas and, and potential strengths, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they use strengths, but uh, they, it, it's a great tool for then what the next step is. And that's for couples to get matched up with mentor couples. Sherry and I also mm-hmm. do this and it's led by Pat and Linda, who I think you've had on here before, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Um, yeah. 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 So Pat and Linda Beard, they run the, the mentoring process part of it. And then they match couples up with mentors and this tool, then this online tool is used as uh, I guess, um, uh, a starting point for these yeah. mentor couples to work through. And yeah, it's, that would be the next step. And it's a, a very, it's just a very natural continuation of all the material they've talked about in before forever. Right. These, these mentor couples meet with um, the couples that are getting married a few times before they get married and, mm-hmm. and once or twice after. And a lot of times those relationships continue well after um, the wedding. Um, and just because that relationship has been fostered and has grown and they've become friends and that certainly happened with us and you see them, you know, raise a family and yeah, yeah it's just yeah. a really rewarding experience on the mentors part as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I love that. And I'm just thinking for anyone who's listening today and they're kind of curious about the mentoring process, like what, what's the criteria to become a member or a member, sorry, what's the criteria <laughs> to become a mentor? And how, how would you go about that if, if that was something you, you felt like you wanted to get more information about? 
Well, I would say number one is um, you don't have to be an expert in marriage. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that the real thing is they're looking for some experience. So if you've been married for 10 years or, or, or longer, um, uh-huh. of course you're, uh, following Christ as a couple, then you're a candidate if you're, and if you're interested, you, you don't really need too much more than that, except a desire. And this would be the same with, uh, you know, with what we do is just a desire to help couples invest in their relationship. And that's really all it is. It's, you know, the material yeah. or the curriculum is there. You don't have to be an expert in, especially in the mentoring role, your experiences of, you know, both positive and negative in mm-hmm. marriage are going to be just a great, um, great tool to help. We have mentors couples. who are remarried. Um, so they've been through divorce and gotten remarried. And and we've, we've heard some comments from um, others outside of this experience, you know, saying, well, is that really a good choice? Because, you know, they couldn't make it work. But really it is because they have learned from those mistakes. And so they're really able to share that side of it and what led to the downfall and things to avoid. So, sure. you know, there's a lot of value that comes from having gone through those things as well. And of course, now they've been remarried in a healthy marriage for more than 10 years too so they've sure. you know, shown that they have been able to have a successful marriage as well oh that's good I'm so glad you shared that and we actually have a before forever coming up um one the end of February and then one again in June and I mean the February one will likely be a bit of a different version maybe not an in-person version but um but happening nonetheless and so if people are listening and want to get more information about that that's all on our website but I guess, Dean and Sherry, I'd also love to talk with you about, because I know that after 15 years, um, personally, you're ready for a change and, and ready to pass this before forever torch onto a new couple. Um, would you talk with us about like how that feels? Um, and maybe like if anyone's listening, what what would you want to share with them? Anyone who might be feeling a nudge to to get to know more about what that all entails and even just like what kind of skills and passion are needed for this role. So share, share with us a bit about that. Well, I'll start just by saying that you don't really have to have any kind of special skills. You know, <laughs> if you can talk to people and um, you can wash dishes and you can press play, <laughs> then you are good mm. to go. And so, yeah, no special skills and no, you know, public speaking required. So it's not like mm. you're up in front of a bunch of people having to talk or share about yourself. It's just getting to know people over a dinner and just allowing them to have that space to have those conversations with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, for anybody that's listening that might want to do it, what Sherry just said, um, you know, if, if you just even have a desire to, to help couples, uh, mm. And they don't, they're not all, sometimes we use the term young people, but, and, and I will say that the majority of the couples we worked with in these past 15 years are probably um, younger, like probably in their twenties for the majority, but we've had couples mm. in their sixties go through this program. Oh, okay. um, yeah. And we've had, you know, the, the program, I'll say this, I maybe should have said it earlier, but it's also, it's absolutely from a biblical perspective and it's, based on Christian mm. values. However, yeah. it, it is for everybody and it presents itself in a way that, you know, if you were um, from a different faith background or no faith background at all, that you would feel very, very comfortable with your significant other going through this course. Um, mm. The way it presents the, the Christian values is in such a way that, um, 
you know, no matter where you're at, whether you're just kind of, you know, new to, to, to the church or, or, you know, maybe you've never even been to the church and you've just heard about this course that you'll feel very comfortable taking it. And um, that's the way it should be. And that's the way we want it to be. And I would say if you're considering, you know, doing this, we would love to answer any questions and Carrie can get you in touch with us. Yeah. And uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's difficult. And if you love people, you love getting to know couples and you have desire to just see them flourish in their relationship, then mm -hmm. you've met the criteria. I also want to say too, that if you're thinking about being a marriage mentor, or if you are a marriage mentor and you haven't done before forever, that it's really valuable as a mentor to experience what the couples that you'll be mentoring have experienced. Then you know exactly what kind of conversations they've had already. And it just gives you more of a background into what the steps were that led up to them being mentored. Oh, that's good. Okay. Well, if anyone is listening and is curious about, you know, getting involved in the mentorship process or more, um, I would like more information about Before Forever and what that might look like, just email me directly at cjones at southridgechurch.ca. And I would love to answer questions and even connect you with Dean and Sherry to um, explore more. But this has been fantastic. Thank you both um, so much for joining us here today. It's been so meaningful to hear your story, to be inspired by um, your marriage, you know, 30 years. That's amazing. Super exciting for you um, this year. And just to be inspired by your heart for marriage. Um, you know, as a church, we're incredibly grateful to have, to have you both as a part of our church family and just to have watched you invest in marriages for, oh my goodness, over 15 years, such a gift to our community. And it has just made such an incredible impact. So thank you to both of you. It's been a joy to have you on the podcast today. And I'm excited for both of you as you explore and pray and dream about what's next. Um, and as you, you know, pass this before forever torch on to a new couple. And um, to everyone listening, thank you for joining us. See you next week as we continue to find our way together. Thank you for See everyone. Thank you. Thank you.